This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So back in December, Bloomberg Business Week reported on how Oyo Hotels had become the world's number two hotel operator by room count and was poised to overtake number one Marriott International. They've been on quite a tear, but like many in the hospitality industry, they are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic and the impact it's having on their businesses. Uh, Ritesh Agarwal is CEO of Oyo Hotels and is joining us on the phone from Delhi, India. He is also the founder of Oyo Hotels. Hotels. Ritesh, thank you so much for being with us. Um, give us an update on where you are and the impact that the virus is having uh, on your business. You guys operate around the globe. Yeah. Uh, first off, thank you so much for having me over at the Business Week. Uh, this is someone, this is a program which I'm a big follower of, and I'm so glad to have an opportunity to come speak here. These are, of course, uh, you know, our company is young. We are a five-and-a-half, six-year-old company. And in this period of time, uh, we have never seen anything like uh, what the virus um, has become for the hospitality and the travel industry. The size of the impact is unprecedented, um, you know, from, from not just a company which is five-and-a-half, six-year-old, but for a company that would have been probably been around for decades. So from, my, from our perspective, I think we are trying to constantly respond to this situation in the following manner. The first priority for us has been making sure that we serve our customers and our communities with the highest amount of priority. So we are trying to fight the virus in every way we can in every part of the world. So whether it is in the United States by means of the first responders program, whether it is in India by helping in the form of isolation centers or extended hospitals, or whether it is in China near the 10-day hospital to enable health workers to get good places to live in, uh, or in the UK for helping the NHS workers to find them good places to stay in. I think we're trying to make sure we do everything possible from cleanliness to ease of uh, space for all of them. But on the other hand, we're also trying to make sure that we are prepared for uh, all the challenges that our business is going to face in the coming months. It is too early at this point of time. We have on one side a positive story in China, which has started recovering. It's not fully recovered yet, let me clarify, but it's 60% of what it was at the peaks before. But that said, globally, every market, uh, we are seeing some or the other kind of impact due to the coronavirus situation. And I believe it's uh, something that's going to continue to impact the hospitality industry for the near future. So well, let me ask you, how badly was your China operations? How how hard were they hit? Um, and how will it affect revenues overall, since I think you've already lost about $335 million last fiscal? Sure. I think, uh, you know, our company losses last year, if you were to compare that to the previous fiscal, improved in India, but accelerated in China because we had just launched in China last year uh, fiscal. But the COVID situation happening in the same year was not a good news at all. I think the China occupancy for Oreo dropped quite substantially. So if there was $100 in revenue, we typically lost around $60 to $65 in revenue immediately when the first lockdowns got announced. I think we've been able to recover a little over half of it now. 
but there is uh, some way to go before we recover the rest of the occupancy. So that's how uh, the China business results have been. That is, in less than two months, the business has been able to recover more than half. But that said, um, it's it's still behind, significantly behind what it was earlier. And I think our uh, genuine hope is we are able to see similar recovery from every other part of the world. But that said, uh, we are uh, operators who are, uh, you know, who aspire to try and come out stronger at the other end, right. but at the same time prepare for making sure that even if this virus situation does last longer, we are enabling our company a chance to be successful in the very long term. But I, I do, I do, I am curious about what this means, though, for your plans. I know you guys were looking at becoming the world's largest hotel operator. I mean, overtaking Marriott. I know um, this was certainly, you know, in the works prior to the virus. How does the virus? I mean, some of your biggest markets, China, the U.S., and Europe, have been hit really hard. So, how does this affect your plans to become number one in terms of hotel operators? Sure. I think at this point of time, our focus is primarily on making sure that we serve our consumers and the health workers and the communities around us. I think uh, if we are able to do good for the world, I think, um, and for our customers and partners, I, I have no question in mind that we will uh, get to not just being the leading hotel chain, but uh, much more a company that people are inspired by. But that said, I think uh, what's clear is that we have, in the last few months, been able to prove that our capabilities are clearly superior for enabling small hotel owners to be successful. Mm-hmm. So over the next six to eight months, the small hotel owners are going to face really tough times. The occupancies are going to be low. Operating costs will need to be very closely looked at. And a lot of these small hotel owners will need support and education to be able to take advantage of the fantastic um, uh, bailout packages that various countries are trying to help our small and medium enterprises with. Our hope is, over the next eight months, can we partner them and make sure that we can come out stronger by means of making them successful, but also having um, a stronger business uh, in the path of becoming a bigger, but at the same time, a stronger and healthier company at the end of this crisis. Well, and I do wonder, you know, what you're thinking is about Oyo's recovery plan when we get to the other side of it, because from what I understand, you've cut a bunch of workers and you guys have been phasing out um, the guarantees that you give to the revenue guarantees to some of these hotel operators. Um, So you talk about helping the independent hotel folks, but I do wonder if you anticipate that as a result of this and unforeseen in terms of the virus, that some of those independent hotel operators, because you won't be giving them the revenue guarantees, that they're going to ultimately probably be hurt in this process. Yeah, that's a very important perspective. I think uh, I would answer that in two different parts. The first one is Oil has continuously focused on making sure that how do we bring more revenue for our partners. Mm -hmm. And as we have been able to make sure that every year we increase the occupancy for asset owners more than them remaining um, independent or through some of the other arrangements with one of the competitors, 
I think we have tried to be a leading edge for our partners to make sure that even in these tough times, we can be a preferred alternative for them. But that said, you're absolutely right that we have been phasing out guarantees, especially for our new signings and as well as for some of our past asset owners. So due to that, there will be definitely some of the uh, challenges from our partners. But I think what we're trying to do in the process is make sure that we continue to engage with the partners, bring them more occupancy, and more importantly, for the partners who are highly affected, we're setting up a global COVID-19 fund for our asset owners. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Bloomberg also recently covered about our process of enabling those in Japan, in Southeast Asia, and so on. And over the coming days, we plan to bring it worldwide. Right. I know you, you guys... our intent is... No, go ahead. Our intent is we are not a perfect company, and we've never said that we are one. But our hope is how do we constantly improve ourselves to be better than anybody else for our customers and our partners in these really tough times and with the limited resources we have. And that's, that's the only aspiration that we are taking along with us. One of the things, and I know when you're at a company like your own, I mean, you're thinking about, you know, how this impacts yourself personally, certainly the virus, but of course, how it impacts your workers. Um, You guys have cut about 5,000 jobs. I mean, do you anticipate that there will be more job cuts? So, first off, I think uh, the the, uh, job cuts that, uh, or the restructuring that we had announced was in January, which was as a part of our... Uh, restructuring our organization given uh, three important parameters that we have discussed earlier. But that said, I think at this point of time, the COVID-19 situation is very, very unique. Mm -hmm. From OIL's perspective, our principle or the opinion is as under. I think this situation being unprecedented, our focus will be that how can we ensure that we prioritize any impact on the senior executives before any individual job is touched, which means that before anything like that were to be considered, uh, my pay, my executive's pay, and their executive's pay will be the first one to be uh, touched, and I should be at zero pay before I consider any of those discussions. So I think at this point of time, we are still evaluating the broader challenges and impact of the COVID-19 situation. To be honest, it has impacted some of our markets, but some of our markets are still not impacted yet, but we do anticipate that they will get impacted. So once we understand more about the details, we will figure out what the outcomes are. But what I can assure is that at any any of those outcomes, I think the first one to be impacted by a challenge like that would be me and then my executives. Ritesh, almost done, but I just wanted to ask you, I, I am curious if you're feeling any kind of pressure from either investors. I mean, SoftBank, they are your controlling shareholder, uh, the Vision Fund, and they have been under pressure, as you know, over the past year or so, um, specifically because of some of their investments, WeWork and others. Um, but there is a lot more emphasis on startups being profitable. Are you feeling pressure um, as a result of that, be it from SoftBank specifically or directly? Sure. No, I think the first one I want to clarify that uh, OIL is a, a board and uh, distributed shareholder-led company. I think, of course, SoftBank Vision Fund is a very valuable shareholder, but they're not the controlling shareholder in a company. 
beyond SoftBank, Vision Fund has Sequoia Capital, Lightspeed, um, uh, and various other shareholders in our cap table, and are very thankful to all of them, including the Vision Fund. I think um, our company is driven by a very strong group of board members like Betsy uh, and, and a couple of other uh, independent board members, uh, along with our shareholders, board members as well. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I think the world and the high-growth companies, even before the COVID-19 situation, had acknowledged that path to profitability is something that the markets want to see. And I think uh, the COVID-19 situation will give that advice to the high-growth companies even further. Our company is in a place where uh, we are uniquely positioned to be able to get there. It don't happen by happenstance. We will need to work hard and make sure that every day we try and do more work to be able to make sure that we emerge a stronger company with uh, long-term um, success. But, um, you know, in order to do that, it still requires a significant amount of hard work. I'm not pressured, but uh, uh, by means of uh, any of our shareholders. Um, uh, but I think as an entrepreneur who wants to do right for his company and his team members, his customers and his shareholders, mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I, do, I do feel a sense of responsibility and, um, you know, uh, duty towards uh, the company that I serve and and I'm I'm fully committed to making sure that I serve it with uh, the best of my understanding. And I am curious too, I mean, you're calling, you know, I'm talking to you from Delhi uh, and I do, we talked earlier on our broadcast about the emerging markets and how they're bracing for the impact of the virus. What can you tell us about what's going on, uh, India specifically, what you're seeing and, and your concerns about you know, the country uh, and what it might face with the virus and certainly the spread of it. Sure. I may be slightly biased in that respect, so forgive me for that. Mm. Um, I think uh, from our perspective, uh, the few important uh, views I have specifically about India and then more broadly about emerging markets, I think the first uh, view is that I believe uh, the consensus, at least what I'm hearing, is that India will emerge stronger Uh, economically um, uh, at the end of this crisis, especially because uh, this is an economy which, uh, you know, has not been very significantly hit by the virus so far, has close to a thousand cases, uh, limited deaths, and, um, you know, uh, of course, any that is very bad, but uh, relatively smaller in comparison to various other larger countries. And second, there is uh, the latest guidance that has been issued of GDP forecasts uh, it's, of course, a very bad time to be able to sort of say that which countries are doing better, but uh, India probably will be one of the fastest-growing economies even in these uh, really tough times. And uh, more than that, I think the Indian uh, prime minister has taken uh, significant steps to consider lockdowns, including 100% border seals um, and, and multi-state border seals at a time when we had a couple of hundred cases. I My sincere hope is all of these steps should uh, keep our country ahead and enable our economy to prosper. It will definitely mean a quarter or two of um, really tough times, and that's something that everybody in the industry will feel, and hospitality and travel will feel more than most others. But uh, I think um, it will require uh, a lot of tough steps, including, I think, uh, being able to make sure that uh, we are able to constantly navigate the path of ensuring that these two quarters uh, we get past. Right. But that said, I think my belief is at the end of this, 
we will we will be a stronger economy here in India and and emerging markets at large. Um, that's great because I was going to ask you how do you think the coronavirus pandemic will change the world once we get on the other side of it, and I, I'm assuming that would be kind of your answer. Yeah, I think my belief is that one of the things that the virus has proven is that the GDPs or the per capita income uh, is not what the virus judges uh, which country it impacts uh, to. Uh, so I think it, at the end of the uh, other side, I think uh, it will be imperative for the world to sort of try and make sure that it is uh, much stronger. My belief is countries, regardless of being emerging economies or developed, uh, the countries whose fundamentals are stronger will end up coming up uh, recovering faster. And countries whose fundamentals are weaker, whether they're developed or emerging, will, will take longer. Very similar to how it is about for private companies or public companies, high-quality companies come back always sooner than other companies. Our hope is we will be uh, one of those companies who will continue to improve on its fundamentals and, and, and come out sooner. So I've got to ask you, since you said that, I mean, I know one of the things that's been talked about, and I promise this will be our last question, um, we talk about, you know, the $10 billion, value, $10 billion valuation. Do you think, you know, I mean, how is that affected by all of this? Sure. I think, um, you know, first off, I think as operators and entrepreneurs, I think uh, we are focused on building a good business rather than what the valuation is um, every day. We're thankfully not a public company because if we were a public company in today's world where markets are swinging as quickly as they would, then I think that would be the only topic we'd discuss if we cared about it. So uh-huh. clearly as a management and as a company, our focus is building a good business and not the valuation. Um, I think uh, from our perspective, uh, the valuation is a function of uh, what is the quality of the business, what is the stage and how the companies are getting valued. Which is, uh, which is something that is best left to investors to be able to decide um, you know, how, how they consider and agree on valuations. So whenever Oro considers raising its next round of capital, uh, either uh, privately or if any shares of it gets traded in secondary markets, I think that's probably the time to see how uh, the valuation getting impacted. All right, going to leave it there. Ritesh, thank you so much. I know we covered a lot, and, and I didn't mean for it to go on this long, but I just, since we had you, and I really appreciate you getting up. Uh, we all do. So thank you so much. Stay safe, and um, I, you know, hope everything goes okay, and let's hope we're out of the situation sooner rather than later at this point. So do stay safe. Thank you so much. I just wanted to add one more thing. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I just wanted to add that the United States is going through an unprecedented situation. We uh, run over 300 hotels there. For the first responders in the United States, we have brought in a program where first responders, including health workers and various other uh, people who are engaged in the fight against coronavirus, OYO has uh, committed to bring free room nights for them along with its partners to ensure that they don't need to worry about going back to their loved ones and being worried about having some issues of the virus back home. They can come back safe, have a good night, get a good shower, and uh, you know, uh, support uh, all of our friends and families in the United States in this, in this big fight around coronavirus. I know the Four Seasons in New York has also come up with something similar. Right. Uh, our, our belief is all of us here at hotels 
um, can do very limited things given the limited resources we have, and more so Oyo being a startup. But uh, in the in the COVID fight, um, whether it's a small or big company, we are all in it together, and we are right. very thankful to the people of the United States and and uh, first responders for taking this up so positively so far. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's something that we actually have mentioned on air already. So um, we commend you for doing that because that certainly has been a helpful thing for those folks, folks, especially in the medical community who are on the front line of all of this. Um, Ritesh, thank you so much. Like I said, I know it's uh, the middle of the night. So thank you again so much for spending time with us and good luck with everything. Ritesh Agarwal, founder and CEO of Oyo Hotels on the phone from Delhi, India. Thank you, Ritesh.